Hello, this is Melissa Hale, Spencer, the editor of the Altamont Enterprise, and today we are discussing the other oldest institution in Altamont, the Altamont Fair, and we are so excited to have with us two people who are just devoted to the fair. We have Pat Candiday, who is dressed like a modern woman in her jeans and her spangled top, and we have Bev Filkins, who looks like someone who might have gone to the fair when it was founded 125 years ago. She has a beautiful, what do you call that? Brimmed picture hat and a long skirt and a high-collared Dra- a blouse with ruffles at the neck. So welcome, women. I'm so excited to have you here. You. And the reason for the news of this podcast is the fair has been awarded a $3,500 grant by the county to help preserve its history. And Bev is at the forefront of that. So just tell us a little about what your committee is, Bev, and what you're doing to preserve fair history. Well, we started two years ago with the 125th Anniversary Committee. Uh, so we're working to celebrate for two years. Plus, we want to restore and uh, make sure we preserve all of our um, information that we have on the fairgrounds. Um but we are starting that even more so in the fall when we get done with the 125th. We have to order some um, some cases and some um, archival uh, files, things like that, uh, to store things and make sure that the people that are coming along in 25 years will be able to have access to the things that uh, we are going to get ready for them. Wonderful. So who is it that is working on this project? Well, we have a committee of about 10 people. Uh, They're just volunteers from the town. Um, Some people are uh, associate members or members of the fair. Uh, Very interested in history. Uh, We've gone to many workshops and uh, seminars, and we've gone to visit different museums so that we can learn more about what we want to do. And one of the things that's always impressed me about the fair is the volunteer effort. It just astounds me that so many people, so many diverse people, give their time and talents to the fair. And Tell us a little about the museums at the fair, which I know are run entirely by volunteers. Correct. Uh, Yeah, we have seven museums now because we just started one uh, last year, which is our Fair History Museum. Uh, And uh, we have um, the other six. And this year we decided that we would like to have people be able to enjoy the history of the fair by uh, doing walking tours. Um, We're going to be handing out uh, fans and things to the ladies, and we're going to dress in the appropriate uh, costumes for 1890, 92, 93. And we'd like the public to come and do the same if they can. Um, So we've been working on that. Uh, We have, besides the Fair History Museum, we have the Circus Museum. We have the Farmhouse Museum. Uh, We have the Antique Farm Machinery Museum. 
I love this list, but I'm going to slow you down a little okay. so we can hear a tiny bit about, about what one. is in each of these museums. Okay. okay. So you mentioned your own new museum. Yes. And tell us about what's going to be in there. Okay. Uh, we started last year, as I say, and we did have a uh, professional uh, sign made up, uh, very large, and it uh, gave a timeline of the fair. Uh, we also have um, a hundred year um, for the hundredth anniversary. Someone made a mosaic. We have that up, and we have the uh, list of presidents from the start to the present. Uh, this year, we're going to um, add a little more. Uh, we're going to have um, uh, the timeline for when Schenectady County in 1922 and uh, Green County came to join us to make us a tri-county fair. That was in 1945. So we're working on a uh, poster for that. We have trains uh, in the um, Fair History Museum, <clears throat> which we're restoring right now. Like model trains? Yes, model trains. Okay. Uh, so we're working on I that. I can imagine a whole crew of young boys you're going to attract with that one. Well, we're hoping to. <laughs> yes. And big boys, too. Oh, big yeah, boys, yeah, too. Big That's boys right. Too. <laughs> and uh, we have our cases filled with... Um, Many of the old stock certificates. Uh, we have uh, antique-looking fans that the women had back then. Um, oh, you had mentioned very ornate yeah. hand fans. And I think you mentioned, too, you're going to be handing out modern, modern fans yes. as well. That will uh, have the anniversary on it, the 125th anniversary, and our new logo that we set up for last year. Nice. Now, you mentioned that this museum is in the back of the Circus Museum, so could you tell us a little about the Circus Museum, too? Okay. Um, the Circus Museum um, was originally in a different location. It might have been more than one location, but they did move it a few years ago, uh, to the area right next to the administration. That's uh -huh. where the uh, Circus Museum. Um, and when you go into it, your imagination just takes flight because it's a miniature fantasy of the circus. Uh, we have all kinds of posters in there. Um, there's uh, a train again in there. Uh, there's all kinds of... Um, Wagons, circus wagons, and animals, and uh, a lot of it was taken from Danbury, Connecticut, when they closed their fair there, and we were able to uh, acquire that. And uh, it's uh, it's it's very very interesting. Um, there's a supervisor is Chuck Reed. Him and his family made a beautiful um, Ferris wheel that we have on display there. And um, Fred Hillenbrand, who used to be um, our treasurer, was a major force in maintaining and advocating for the Circus Museum. Um, but we would like everyone to come in and get a history lesson. 
Yeah, on, and on as I remember, there are little miniature displays yes, that are yes, just we have many. fascinating. And you mentioned that some of them came from the fair that had closed in Danbury, yes. and there are just so many fairs that with long, long histories that are closing, and it's so nice to have one that seems robust. What what do you attribute that to? Um, the, the Altamont Fair just seems to have enough support well i think it's the volunteers and the how hard they work yeah uh we even have things in there from barnum and bailey which you know is out of business now also we have many posters and things like that but um yeah it's just the landscape of entertainment has changed so markedly circuses are no longer the draw that they were and most of them were closed and fairs too but yet this one seems to find enough modern and old to to keep vital yeah well different kinds of people would like it you know there's history people and there's uh you know younger people that uh and and a circus is really i mean we have men that are just adore the circus (laughs) and they just you know it's it's something they've always uh wanted to do themselves so if you come in you can see you can run away and join the circus for an afternoon (laughs) that's right so let's keep going in the list of museums after the circus you mentioned the farmhouse i think the farmhouse museum so yes. tell us about that. It's sort of set up like an old farmhouse. Yes, it is. And it's been staffed, and they've been wearing costumes right along uh, for the uh, the farm women that, you know, did things back in those days. Um, and it shows the aspects of day-to-day life, uh, along with the humanity of life with uh, from approximately 1890 to 1930. So they have... Um, two parts of their display. Uh, Several are changeable. Um, They have themed exhibit spaces. And um, the theme at the Farmhouse Museum in this year, which uh, is 2018, will will honor the 125th anniversary of the Altamont Fair and the focus on life in the 1890s. So each of our museums will be doing that. Um, And that's a good time period, not just because the fair was founded then, but you can almost, through your family history, imagine back that far. You know, you can, like, I can get to my grandmother and think of how she lived. So it's just out of reach, but almost in our mindset. And to bring it front and forward is a neat idea. Yeah, they have many collections there and artifacts from that time period Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, people can enjoy and uh, old stoves and things like that. Um, They uh, have some chipped and uh, cracked china, but that's how they like to display it. They want you to see, you know, how... I guess difficult it was for the women back then to uh, maintain things. And and also, know. chipped china or broken china was repaired then because it was so valuable. Yes. These days, if a plate breaks, we throw it out and get a new one. But, I mean, I've looked at old plates with just remarkable repairs or pots with remarkable repairs because mm-hmm. they were so valuable. It's a neat kind of metaphor for making do in life. So what's our next museum? Our next museum is the Antique Farm Machinery Museum. And when you visit it, um, there's several things that happen. You meet, um, you listen to, and you get answers or questions about uh, antique farm machinery. 
most of the men love to go into this museum. Uh, Bill Donato in, uh, is doing a wonderful job this year. He's been on our committee all year for the last two years. Uh, you get the experience of the uh, oldest museum at the fair. Uh, you, really, it's an education to go in there because they know so much about their items that they can explain everything to you. And some and of the machines do remarkable things that yes. you wouldn't even think of having to be done. Like they have a corn husker. They have, I mean, they have these things that just amaze you to look at. Things that you wouldn't normally look at. They're, they have a bone crusher because they would crush the bones of any of the, you know, the animals and stuff that they've eaten so to add as an additive for the oh. garden and so on for oh the calcium. Oh, for bone and meal. Right, right for oh, bone meal. yeah. So that not only is the corn husker or, you know, the, the mortar and pestle, for, pestle to do the... the grinding up but it was just some amazing machines yeah and some of the big machines too i remember evrow the late evrow um harvesting with some of the machines that were there and just showing people how they worked well the dates there from some of those uh, machines are from 1850 to 1940 so So a century worth yes of, yeah, of the machinery. And those were the early gas days too. So they they were the putt putts where you could hear the hit and miss engines. Oh, yeah. So that was the early stages of it those engines. It is very noisy display. It is noisy. Very and noisy. I see the little kids just flocking to it. It's mm-hmm. next to the midway there, mm-hmm. and when they get tired of the rides, the noise I think just brings it's a them draw. in. Definitely yeah. a draw. Yeah. yeah, they like to keep a lot of their machinery running when they can. So well, they... what strikes me about the fair, I'm 65, <laughs> half the age of the fair, but, you know, as a little kid, I was just thrilled we'd get free tickets at school, oh, you yeah. know, and there was always the bike drawing. And then as a teenager, I had a date and, you know, Earl the Pearl, as my mother called him, shot <laughs> at one of those booths and got me a horse. And then as a young mother, you know, I took my kids and watched their excitement and now, as an old lady, I really, I gravitate, like, towards the, you know, the knitting and the, um, the, the homemaking kinds of things. It's just, it's like this whole spectrum of a variety of things for different ages and interests. Yeah. You so, asked earlier, what is the draw of the fair? Yeah. And I think you just described it, that no matter what stage of life you're in, the fair offers something to you on a personal level, yeah. whether it be the games and the rides as a younger person, perhaps, you know, a carousel ride, you know, on the merry-go-round with a loved one, or enjoying the arts and crafts and the and the Grange Hall and the and the animal uh, livestock and yeah. livestock. Yeah, well, I see city kids there every year right. that are just amazed to see in person, you know, sheep or cows exactly. or whatever. I yeah. think that's the strength, too, of all of our volunteers in the diverse group, that we not only talk about the history of our community and how we fit in in Albany County and New York State, but how agriculture has played such a large uh, role in all of our lives and how we have developed from those early rural roots and certainly now are far more suburban than we might have been even 20 years ago. But that that education level that we want to share with the the kids in Albany and the kids in Schenectady who may not be able to, you know, they're not seeing chickens in their backyards like we might have 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's it's a draw. It's it's something we want to continue to share. And I think that's part of the value of what we offer. 
Excellent. We, we want to hear about the rest of the museums. <laughs> okay. I got you off your list. Sorry. That's okay. And um, you really don't want to miss the 1890s building because they are so diverse. They have so many different displays down there of um, old carriages, things like that. Uh, Joe Murley was instrumental in creating the 1890s village they have there. Um, he created. We miss, we miss him. We miss I Joe and we miss him. Yeah. Yeah, they he created replicas of the Altamont Enterprise, the Hotel uh, Altamont. Uh, tin and hardware shop, a cobbler shop, a post office, a saloon, a saddle and harness shop, a Western Union, a jail, a barber shop. So, I mean, it's such a variety it's of It's really stuff. like a little village. Yes. And Sean had talked to Amy Anderson, who said that this year the post office is going to go yes. live. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you can actually post Get things from the antique right. post office. Yeah, That's we're really pretty excited cool. about that. Yeah. Plus, in the bar, uh, for the last two years or so, they have served uh, root beer floats. So on certain oh, days, we're making alcoholic and non-alcoholic floats, <laughs> <group of> floats <laughs> yeah. in the 1890s building on Saturday. Oh, so that's be fun. great. Uh, now, be the, uh, the jail was an actual cell uh, that was previously used. Um, the Western Union office was actual vintage equipment, and the Altamont Enterprise was that's their original equipment on display. And I think Jim Gardner and his son Jimmy are actually firing that up and right. yes, running it. They hope so to get that ready this yeah. year. That's going to be fun. We're uh-huh. Looking forward to that. It has a, a large number of carriages, and uh, yeah, they have a original water wagon that holds water, uh, an Amish buggy, um, a luggage wagon, and uh, Altamont taxi wagon. So all kinds of wagons and antique carriages. stuff that you'd see in in a you know, the New York State Museum, mm-hmm. probably. So it really um, it really is. Uh, we also have a lumberjack show there. Oh, uh, that's yeah. fun. The yes. Shermans. Yes, the Shermans yes. are there. And they throw axes. <laughs> they really do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that that's very uh, interesting. We actually, we actually have two on the Saturday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Northeast Woodworkers Association will be in that building doing their um, wood turning and scroll saw, making free gifts for the kids. To, oh, to pick up on their way out. Uh, the one year they made Harry Potter wands for the kids or little animal And is that stencils. free? That's all free. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah, that's all free. We, they, they are so talented, and they enjoy working with the public, and it's just so much fun seeing the kids' faces when they say, which animal would you like? As I, yeah, well, that's one other thing we should mention. Once you pay your admission to the fair, everything in there... Pretty much is, everything is free. There, are, yeah. If you want your games and food, of course, or, or some, there are several attractions for extra, like the bounce house is, is a little extra. Yeah. That's a different one. But all the rides, all, our unlimited rides are included, all the shows, the live music. Uh, we have lots and lots of kids' activities so that... Um, they can go from building to building and do a variety of things in, in each of the buildings. So it is a, it's a full... And all these museums are right. free. And all the museums are free and the animals are free. So uh, The next one on the list would be the Auto Museum. Uh, and the men have been there. Uh, they like to uh, care for the cars, uh, past, present, and future. Uh, the collection includes a um, 1919 VIM. And there's all. That's one What's of three. I don't know what a VIM is. It's a truck. It's oh, it's a, a type truck. of truck. It's, a, it's an early truck where they um, 
kind of a delivery truck. Oh, yes. and I think that it's the one of three right in, in, the, in the country yeah. that are oh. still running. Oh my gosh! So yeah. we're pretty, pretty happy with that. They they take very good care of that. But it's fun that it's running. Yeah, which is even more fun. They have a 1927 Buick limo, a 1928 Pontiac, a 1940 Pontiac, and a 1949 Oldsmobile. Um, they have other vehicles that are not currently running but uh, are very interesting, and they have some newer ones that I've seen there that are really beautiful. They really take care of their automobiles, yeah. and uh, they've been doing it. Uh, mostly, uh, you know, the same people for quite a few years. Right. John Van Wormer is the superintendent of that building. Rick Miller is his assistant that they work very diligently to try to pick one vehicle and get it running over the winter as a winter project. And oh, nice. Try to get them and restored. then everyone can, can't wait to can see what it is when right, they get to the fair. Do we know what it is this year? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I should, I know It'll what, be a but surprise. Their, their exhibit, they've got um, their auto friends are bringing in low riders, the kind that lift to go oh, up over bumps, bumps oh. but then when they drive, they're very low to the ground, just six inch. I mean, very, very low to the ground. So I have some photographs, but it'll be really fun to see that live and see them rise up. And yeah. To, so you can... Yes. Right. I don't know how... We all wanted to know how do they go over speed bumps. It's like there's no way. I mean, you'd bottom them right out, <laughs> but it's that's... At, I have not seen that at the fair, so that's going to be a great exhibit. Oh, yeah. Very happy about yeah, that. Yeah, and they change them every year, which is right. nice. They have some... Um, Amazing, amazing exhibits of motorcycles, snowmobiles, uh, yep. Mustangs. Mustangs was last year, yeah. right? So they they bring something new to the fair every year. Yeah, and a few years ago, the members built a motorcycle during the fair week that both adults and kids uh, enjoyed viewing. Uh, that I think we had a picture of it. I, yeah, I know you did. It yeah. was neat. Yeah. It was fun. It was a great week project. Uh, the back of the um, auto museum was originally a firehouse museum. Some of the artifacts were sold, and some still remain. Uh, we have a fireboard in there from uh, Schenectady that was located on um, Erie Street. What is a fireboard? Well, it's a. Uh, it was in a main firehouse so that calls could all go into. Oh, I see. Like a communication A huge big board. Oh, it's neat. made of marble. It's just right. beautiful. Uh, New York State uh, came the museum and wanted it, and uh, we took pictures of it. And we may like make that. arrangements to share that to share that so that yeah. people can see it. Cause parts of it still work. Uh, you know, all the years I've been to the fair, I never knew that was there. I'm going to have to go look. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, that's the museum. That's, that's the, the museum. Fun one. Thank you for well, the tour. Have, I feel like we had the tour. We have one more. Oh, we have the schoolhouse. Oh yes, the tell us about schoolhouse. that. Oh, everybody loves it the came schoolhouse. It from the Bosenkill, right? Uh, yeah, it was built in 1850. It was re- originally located in the town of Knox. Uh, it was donated by the uh, Van Ben Cotton. Hotton family and Orsini brothers moved it to the fairgrounds in 1966. Um, I remember one year the Pulliam family there all the children had gone to school there and they had a family reunion at the fair and they took a picture of all of them in front of their old schoolhouse that was really fun that was really fun Fran Hahn does a wonderful job they again for free for the children uh, they give um, they collect books all year long and give out a free book to the children as they come through and they sit and have the kids sit in the um, student seats and look at the chalkboards yeah well it really feels like you're going back in time when you step in there because of Very just much how so. it's set up and 
And yeah. Fran usually has a coloring contest yep, during she the does fair. Work. She's, she'll have a coloring contest. And hangs contest. them on the wall, and uh, yeah, the kids just love it. And it's not, a, well, I guess, a museum, but you also have a chapel there, right? Yes, we do. Yes. Tell us a little yes, about that. The um, chapel, we actually have uh, pastors come in uh, in the evening, usually in the evening, 5, 530, to um, offer uh, prayers and, and discussion. Uh, but they have gospel music uh, throughout the week. Again, just a kind of a quiet place to sit and reflect. Um, it was originally created to serve the carnival workers who came in and didn't always have an opportunity to visit in the community that they're in, but they saw fit to have that there so that people could stop in and get a, a, a moment's break. Now, I know Bev told me she's been volunteering at the fair since 1990. How long have you? I, I always think of you as synonymous with the fair, Pat. How long have you been at this? Um, actually, I thought you were longer than I was. I, are you sure it was 1990? Because I've been there since 1983, 82. Um, I, was, I started out as a sheep barn superintendent. Well, tell us a little ago. about the sheep. Well, the, the animal, the animals are so much fun. Again, my my bias is towards the sheep because that's what we raise at home. You but, do what kind of sheep? Uh, I have a Dorset crosses, the, a commercial breed that, okay. for meat and wool. Um, my son had we had purebred at the time, but I've moved now into more commercial with the border collies and so on that so we do. But the um, gee, the, I'm sorry, this is way off the track. I didn't even know that about you. Where's your farm? Gildoland Center. In, off Meadowdale Road. And how many acres do you have there? 13. And how many sheep does that support? 50. Oh, my gosh. Aren't you amazing? I just well, never take that, that offline. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so tell us about at the sheep at the fair there. I know we've covered the 4-H shows, but the, there are all kinds of things that are happening. Absolutely. Uh, tell us a little bit. Each, of, each of the barns, we have what uh, an ag tent, what we're naming the ag tent, that'll be located right outside the <clears throat> poultry building, where each of these species will come and do demonstrations. So for sheep, um, they've scheduled uh, sheep shearing, I think for one day he'll he'll shear a few sheep. The kids will practice their fitting and show, uh, fitting of the sheep to show people how they get ready for show. Um, they'll be milking goats, so people will have an opportunity to see how that's done. They'll be walking their calves back and forth. Um, we've got uh, I think Tom Del Rocco and Mr. Norey are going to talk about bees and beekeeping. Um, so this egg tent kind of in, encompasses all the folks. The chickens will talk. There'll be a, a rooster crowing contest that will be some fun. So oh my goodness! How do you roosters. do that? You can't get you know, them to I don't know crow on you, I don't know how you can coax you? a rooster. I, I should be asking that person, but they have it to see if oh they can get a, who's the loudest and who's the longest. I guess. Oh my gosh! Um, but they've got each of the buildings have some fun things to do. There's sheep photo contests and uh, we have what there's a over the hill contest, over the hill sheep show. So in 4-H, one of the big competitions for all of the animals is called showmanship, so that the child will bring their animal in that they've prepared for show. They've cleaned it and brushed it and loved it and taught it to walk and so on. Um, a number of years ago, we decided that we should get the adults adults involved, so we called it Over the Hill <laughs> Showmanship. And um, that's where the adults bring in usually their children's sheep to uh, come in and, and try to do their best in showing, seeing that there's always these parents who are coaching the kids. So let's see how they do it themselves. So we have the kids judge the adults, oh, which is really fun. Great. Lots and oh, lots of fun. What fun. You have to be a good sport for that. Yeah. Well, I know, too, um, you have judging of 
what do you call the wool that comes from the sheep? Oh, fleeces. The fleeces. Yep. Wool fleeces, yeah. And then you also have, a, in a different building, women who are spinning wool yes. yep. and showing their weaving and knitting. Yep. And tell us just a little about... There are demonstrations every day in the sheep and goat barn. Again, they, they'll do the goat milking for that, and they, uh, they've had making soap and so on. And But the sheep, uh, we have uh, the, in the wool nook right in the front of the sheep and goat barn, people are always spinning or weaving on small um, tabletop looms or they're felting, needle felting, to try to show people the um, diversity of using the fleeces and what other kinds of things it can make. People are knitting or crocheting. Um, and again, we get a, capture a lot of interest when people recognize the, the raw fleece will be spun into an actual yarn that can then be used to create clothing and, and the, to create fabric. And those women are always so nice when you interrupt their work to ask a question. They want they, nothing more for you yes, to interrupt them and they ask a question. Just they, they just relish it. And they're so gracious, you're right. Our half an hour has gone so fast. Are there any parting thoughts? Maybe who should come to the fair or any just... Any things you want to share about your work or the fair itself, just to close out our our time here with some parting words? I think, I think one of the things, again, just to share that um, the fair is for everybody. It's a it's for everybody. Everybody can enjoy parts of it. We um, are pretty weather resistant. We have spent a lot of um, time and effort to make sure we have plenty of indoor activities. So even if it's it looks like rain, come anyway because um, we've got plenty of paved areas for strollers and wheelchairs. We have a, an amazing senior day on Wednesday where seniors 65 and over um, and any active uh, or retired military are free, including rides until 6 p.m., and that's on Wednesday. Uh, and Grange members come in on free that day, too, until 6. So that um, we have lots of opportunities for people to enjoy whatever passion they have and to explore new opportunities. Nice. And Bab, do you have any closing thoughts? Well, I just would like to see many, many people this year at our museums because they really don't know what they're missing. Um, you know, they've been there a long time, and uh, that's why we're trying to do the booklets and the walking tour and just to uh, bring everybody around and show them what we have. Well, thank you both for all you do to keep such a wonderful institution alive and vital. Thank you so much.